Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study and we're so glad you could join us. But before we take a moment to get into the Word, let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the relationship we can have with you, Lord. And that you greet us, Lord, and that you treat us as friends, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your Son, Lord, and what he's done on the earth, Lord. And that he has brought repentance for us all, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And amen. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the Word. And this morning, we're in the book of Acts. We are going to continue our discussion in Acts 13, focusing on verses 42 through 52. So if it's your first time joining us for this section, I'd strongly encourage you to pause the episode and take the time and opportunity to read that section of Scripture and just make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. All right. And now for the rest of us, we are going to have the floor open to give you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. Okay? Okay. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. I just have a quick observation, something that the Lord showed me. Um, it's very easy for us, as in looking at the scripture, to go Oh, the Jews that were uh, raising up persecution against Paul and Barnabas were so bad. And we focus on the vessel and the person themselves versus understanding that it wasn't the man or the men in and of themselves doing that. They were under the influence of the adversary. It was the adversary stirring up persecution against Paul and Barnabas because humans on their own don't function just like living for themselves you're either living for god or you're living for the adversary there is no gray shaded area in between Mm -hmm. so we Mm -hmm. like to go oh these people are so bad look at what they've done instead of rightly dividing between what we're seeing going this is the adversary and what Mm -hmm. needs to be addressed is the spirit not the man although the man does does have to give permission for the adversary to work in their life it's the spirit behind it that must be addressed and the natural will follow what's been done mm-hmm. that's why the apostle says um we wrestle not against flesh and blood right yes but principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness or darkness in heavenly places all we, we were the adversary is the demons and the devil and you know however you break that down and all of that you can just summarize it that way and it's not the human. Now, the scripture does tell us don't yield our members. Amen. Yes. To be tools for the adversary to use us. And we, we should be aware of that. We should be conscious of the fact that we have a choice and we're not designed to be used by the adversary. Um, but yep, you're right. That's why it, it didn't matter from Genesis all the way to Acts. The same MO is seen when it was don't trust God, make your own way. Then Cain killing his brother. He demonstrated murder, envy, strife, all of those things, bitterness, lack of self-control. How come that was in Cain and in these people? And they had no knowledge of each other. 
Well, it's because it's the spirit behind it. Well, that, that goes to the, the bigger thing, right? Absolutely what you're saying is true, but let's also recognize it because you brought this wonderful point up there, honey, about not yielding our members for the works of the enemy, right? Yes. But that is not just for unbelievers. That is for believers as well. Are we being allowed or are we allowing ourselves through our actions, words, deeds, right? Yes. To be used by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Even against our own brothers and sisters in the Lord. I, I, I know that's kind of harsh, but you, you gave a great example, honey, right? Cain, raised by Adam, clearly, to have a relationship with the Lord. And he and, clearly and had a relationship. Right. Yes, yeah. he, Cain got to walk and talk with God. The Lord spoke to him directly and said, mm-hmm. sin lies at the door and its desire is to have you, but you should be master over it. You should mm-hmm. rule over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he submitted, mm-hmm. right? We were just going through the history of, well, the Jews, right? Yes. All the way even back to David, right? David, who the Lord said, hey, he has a heart after me, and he's going to fulfill all my will, right? Yes. But yet you see in his life where, well, he submitted, he yielded his members, and was a tool, or used as a tool, by the devil, by Satan, the adversary, to wreak havoc, not just on David's life, but throughout the entirety of the nation. Right. Because of the, the place and the position he held as a leader. Right, and then let, let's let's look at that a little bit more closely as well. Remember we were talking about the plan of God and that mm-hmm. it is yes. the adversary who is trying to stop the plan of God. What was the plan of God? To bring the Messiah into the earth to redeem the whole world and redeem all of creation. With the exception of there's no salvation for angels who left their abode. So when you look at Genesis, when you look and you, you travel through time, we in Acts... The, um, the apostle and the message here referenced David and that um, the line coming through David, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Verse 23 of Acts 13, for this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus, right? So the adversary is the one who's trying to stop the plan of God, which is why we, we talked about no human, and including the devil, can stop the plan of God. He's going to do what he's going to do. It's just a matter of where do we fall? How will we participate within the plan of God and cooperate with the mm-hmm. Lord? So the adversary, all of that stuff with Bathsheba, because remember, God declared to David he was going to have someone sit on the throne, right? Yes. And he was talking about the Messiah mm-hmm. specifically. It included natural people, but God's eye was on Jesus, being the one to sit because you go back, go, go keep going down to revelation. And he says, what? Which part? He's, well, he's, the he's got the keys of David, right? Yes. He also and the throne that. of David, right? Amen. So Jesus in his glorified state references what father God spoke and declared concerning him to David. So clearly God's eye, yes, the natural people were involved, but there was a bigger plan at work. Amen. And so the devil has been from the beginning trying to thwart that. He tried to thwart it in Adam. He tried to thwart it in bringing angels to mix in with the seed of women 
or not the seed of women, but have relations with humans, human women, and produce mm-hmm. heirs that would not be suitable for the Messiah. Hello, y'all with me? It's not with the yes. persecution of all the children um, and slaves in Egypt trying to Cut eliminate the, Moses. And, right, yes. cutting the literally cutting the children out of the womb prematurely so they would die. So, so let's call but that he, what it is, abortion. Right, but it was somebody forcing it upon them exactly. versus the willing the women being willing participants. Correct. But he, the devil didn't know when Jesus was coming. Come on, can y'all see that? Hallelujah. So yes, he kept yes. trying to interfere and thwart the plan of God because he was trying to keep the Messiah from coming in the earth. You, you see it again, that same thing we were just talking about with um, Herod. During right. Jesus' time? Exactly. Killing all the children two years old and younger. So because of that, we just have to keep in mind that that whole thing with Bathsheba, you know, her being up there naked, being washed conveniently right up there, and those seeds of um, temptation being sown in David, they're, they're both just as guilty. David wasn't just the villain, but he took the bait that the adversary was sowing because he heard that word, right? And you notice we didn't hear about Bathsheba until... After the declaration was made, after the word was spoken forth and declared that the Lord was going to bring the Messiah through his line. And what happened when he took that bait is he opened the door for Satan to come in through his lineage and bring a sword in his lineage. Then you started seeing all that stuff with Absalom, all the stuff with his other son, um, raping his half sister, all of that stuff, all of that calamity and confusion came in when David opened the door mm-hmm. concerning Bathsheba. All of the confusion came into this and the sin nature came in when Adam and woman opened the door in the garden. Can you see that? The devil doesn't know. He doesn't have wisdom. And if he did think about this, he would have never challenged God. Hello. Hello. The unbeatable God. If, if Satan had any kind of men- mindset and mentality <laughs> for anything wise, he would have never challenged God, let alone continue in that. So, Folly and foolishness is all he knows. Now, what he does well is get humans to think he has more than he does and to partake of his foolishness with him. So, well, and and in that, that is because we need to focus on the Holy Spirit. So when we try to do things of our own self Mm -hmm. and our own knowledge or what wisdom we think we have and exclude the Lord in uh, I'll say every aspect of our lives and bringing everything before him, then yes, you, that opens the door to allow us to be confused right. and to not discern rightly what's happening. And there's always, a, when deception happens, there's always a willingness in that human to be deceived. Absolutely. If we desire to know the truth, the Lord has already declared he would make that known to us. But um, all of that that was coming forth, and, and back to Acts chapter 13, that's that declaration that was made, that promise that was made to David, the adversary heard it and then instantly went to try to set David up so he would fall and give the adversary place in his life. So the adversary was trying to steal Christ, right? Prevent Christ from coming in the earth, which unsuccessfully, mm-hmm. I do add, because God had a plan of grace already set up in motion. He knew what David was going to do and brought redemption, but it's still gives us the understanding of it matters what we do. It matters the choices that we make, especially because we carry the word of God. We carry the promise of God. Each of us do in our lives that we protect what the Lord has said. 
to us by walking in faithfulness towards God and remaining in fellowship and obedience and not um, being drawn away by fleshly things. Exactly. And and with that, let's also recognize the schemes of the devil, the enemy, the evil one. They're always right? the same. It, it, yes. Just he a has, new hat, a new name. He has no wisdom, <laughs> and he always repeats the same things over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right? If you jump to verse 50. Of Acts 13? Of Acts 13, mm-hmm. right? What, is it, what does it talk about? Um, I'm the Jews stirring up. Um, stirred up who? Prominent women and then the chief men. It says the devout and prominent women. Devout and prominent. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, wait. Doesn't that sound an awful lot like woman and Adam in the garden? Women Prior first. to the curse, right? Mm-hmm. Went to the women first. And then allowed the women to sow the seeds amongst their husbands. Do we not see this same pattern? We should be able to recognize it now. But you see that even today, that that happens. Paul addresses it later in the church as well. Mm -hmm. Right? To solidify or reinforce the structure that the Lord gave. So it had to be addressed, but it's, I find it interesting that it's written here. But but again, the, the bigger point is this. Yes, we, I was like, we should recognize the schemes of the enemy. We can only do that through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit to give us that discernment concerning truth, right? That is his role. He will take from the Father, disclose it to us, and he is there to lead us and guide us into all truth. But as you pointed out, honey, and we've talked about this a few episodes now, what is our role what side of his the lord's plan will we fall into mm-hmm. because there's there's this aspect too opposition was met right through blaspheming and contradicting as a result of envy or jealousy right yes but then what was what was the end result that more gentiles believed throughout all the regions right Throughout all the region, not just in the one area, but the gospel was preached, it was dispersed throughout the entire region. It wasn't just concentrated to one area, one section, one group of people. Mm-hmm. Do we not see that pattern as well? Yes. Now the Lord always gives the opportunity first, right? Mm-hmm. Always gives us opportunity. What will we do with that opportunity? Will we receive it and move forward in it? Or will we reject it and resist it? Mm-hmm. The Lord always has a, even though we can only see sometimes just a glimpse or a part, right? Yes. The Lord always sees the bigger plan. He's already seen it. Exactly. Watched it. I mean, like the whole thing. Knows it ends and out, in and out. And, and this is something that, you know, not that they weren't already blessed in ministering to multitudes and being invited to these synagogues to speak and teach and preach, right? But it's something that you and I have been discussing here lately, honey, of, you know, even when the Lord sends people to do his will in an area, right? Even if they're, they meet resistance or they're rejected, that's because the Lord already had something else in mind, right? Uh, there was our, the Lord had already selected David, even though, he gave Saul the opportunity first. Right. And it, 
he gives everyone a chance that that's how our God is. And he calculates for mm-hmm. the rejection that he knows is going to come and not calculating like a, a scheming, but he's already incorporated into his plan. But if for God to ignore his own um, chosen people first would dishonor the Lord. And it doesn't represent mm-hmm. how he wants us to treat our families. Um, but the fact that he says, Hey, I know you're going to reject them, but I'm going to send them over here first. And then when you do reject them, I'm going to use that as a springboard to go to the next phase of what I want done. So Saul, we were talking about in between podcasts, he looked like what the people wanted. He was taller than everybody else, you know, had all these good things going on. And David, even though he was a young man, he didn't fit the part. He didn't look the role of what they thought a king should be. And they had to be introduced to him more gradually, if you will. But what they initially desired with their eyes failed. Saul was in there, but a, a hot second, you know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a slang term. But he was shortly, he was briefly king before he failed and got rejected. But the person that God chose was able to endure. And even though he had a, um, some staunch he fell resistance. into sin. Yeah. Well, and even though David fell into sin, he did not fail mm-hmm. to do what God asked him to do. And to, he didn't fail in his relationship with the Lord and what he was able to teach his children, um, directly teach them. So, which confirms or fulfills the scripture, right? Where a righteous man falls, but he gets up again. Amen. Amen. It's not that we, I'll say, are perfect, or we do everything perfectly, mm-hmm. but we don't remain there. Exactly. We get up, brush ourselves off, if you will, and continue down the path, the destiny track the Lord has for us. And we have a heart towards God that is not willing to willingly partake in sin, and then we also have a, a heart towards God that's ready to repent when needed. But that it touches on the scripture, um, Acts thirteen forty eight. Mm -hmm. Um, the last part of the scripture says, um, I'll read the whole thing. It says, now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of Matthew 22, 14, um, where it says, the Lord says for many are called, but few are chosen. Even Saul falls into this category of Matthew 22, 14, the King Saul and Mm -hmm. King David, And even with us, as we're going through life, God knows those who belong to him, who will choose him and say yes to him. He's already seen those choices made. He's already seen who's going to carry it out, who's going to follow him. Um, Life or death doesn't matter what trouble comes. He already knows who those people are, but he still calls out to everyone and says, hey, choose me. You may not take the place of being uh, you. You may not be King David, but there's still a place for you in my house. Right. So he called to he called Saul. He said, come on, do this. But that wasn't the person that he chose to carry the destiny of Christ coming through his lineage because he knew he would not remain. Saul was not going to be the person to teach his children about Christ. He wasn't going to be the person to um, love God with his whole heart and have a willing obedience to him. Jesus already knew that God, Father, the Godhead already knew that looking at King Saul. But he still gave him a chance. So God is calling to many saying, hey, love me. Hey, walk with me. I'll deliver you. I'll save you. And for the ones that he knows, like he knows those that will say yes to him and beyond a a mouth or a lip service. Yes. The heart. Yes. He knows that. And he has also assigned roles to those people Mm. for that cause. So. And and they may be the people that originally said no. Right. Uh, I'm reminded of one of the 
Jesus's parables, right? Mm-hmm. Where he had the two sons, and one said, "Absolutely, yeah, I'll go work the vineyard," mm-hmm. and then didn't do it. Right. But then you had the one that said, "Nope, there's no way, I'm not going to do it." Mm-hmm. But then he thought back, and he's like, "Well, that's my dad, and he asked me to do something. I'm going to go do what he wanted mm-hmm. to have done." Right. So. And he said, "Which one obeyed their father?" Exactly. The one who said yes, or the one who said no initially, but did it. Said yes with their mouth, but did not do. Who mm-hmm. said no with their mouth, but did do. And remember, God is a, a, the the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the Godhead is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. They're not fooled by lip service. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are not fooled by what we say with their mouth. They know what we're going to do, and they give us a chance to make our decision. So I also want to encourage you in that to come into alignment with the Lord and his plan and the destiny track he has for you in your life. Even if you have said no prior to this moment, Mm -hmm. say yes to him, make that choice and willingly choose continually choose Christ in every situation and scenario in your life. Amen. doesn't matter what you've done. Right? Just it didn't matter what David had done. God still received him when he repented. And forgave him and absolutely. And he did not take away the inheritance of being in the line of the Messiah, which is the most precious thing. Well, right? after salvation. After salvation. And eternity in the, yeah, in the heavenly community. Having a role like that, God didn't take that away from him. Exactly. He didn't take away his spirit from him. He didn't take away his destiny or the the reward of having the Messiah come through his line. He didn't take that away from him. And likewise, God doesn't want to take things away from us that are a blessing, that his blessing and promises he wants to give to us good things in a long life. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, that you've sent to the earth to redeem us, Lord. We thank you for your wisdom, Lord, that you impart to each and every one of us, Lord, as you will, God. And we thank you for your love and your patience. We thank you for those blessings and those things that you give us, and you don't take them back, Lord. We Mm -hmm. thank you for who you are and for making a place for each and every one of us in your destiny, Lord, to walk alongside you, God, and be a part of your good works here on the earth, Lord, and be able to rejoice with you in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.